right, so Joseph Smith had an experience in the woods in New York. He actually had an experience with an extraterrestrial. He probed me and then different ones of them come in and all of them probed me. And I believe that it was the Asani people. There are those who believe that life here began out there. But only an account of this earth and the inhabitants thereof give I unto you. Earth is a grand experiment. Far across the universe with a council of gods whose work and glory is to bring to pass the immortality and eternal life of man. For behold, there are many worlds that have passed away by the word of my power, and there are many that now stand, and innumerable are they unto man. For as man is, God once was, and as God is, man may become. You wanted to learn how to integrate duality. You wanted to learn how to take light and dark and remove all judgment. Some believe that infants who die here become eternal gods out there. This is Infants on Thrones. Baby steps. Who wants someone to preach to? The philosophies of men. I like magical toys. Who wants religion to? Mingled with humor. I don't believe in them. There will be many willing to preach to you the philosophies of men mingled with humor. We are evolving. Baby steps. You can buy anything this world of money. the good in everything look for the people who will set your soul free it always seems impossible until it's done look for the good in everyone all right welcome back to infants on thrones where the fact that existence is comprised of billions upon billions of intersecting subjective fictional conscious realities is explored and celebrated to the hilt. To the hilt, I tell you. All right, so I'm Glenn Ostland, and this is episode 737, which is the final segment of my conversation with Mike and Shalise from the Mormons on Mushrooms podcast, where we're talking about some of the ideas of Wendy Kennedy, who channels galactic wisdom, from the Ninth Dimensional Pleiadum Collective, or something like that. Now, if you find this conversation interesting and you want to immerse yourself even more into the kinds of questions that we're exploring here, come join my new Sergeant Prophets Open Hearts Club virtual study group thingy, where I'll show you mine if you show me yours, way of viewing the world and cobbling together some semblance of meaning, that is. Uh, you can find details on the website, infantsonthrones.com, or at my personal website, glennoslin.com. And now I give you this. Enjoy. Passing I'm out. I actually got that impression once when I was, it was my first mushroom trip, actually. I swear I was up on some sort of spaceship and I was walking through the halls and I saw all of this machinery. And in my head, I was like, oh, that machinery is running the simulation for Earth. 
Like it just came to me and I was like, I don't think I'm supposed to be here. And I kind of felt like I was sneaking around, like someone was going to kick me out at any moment. (laughs) How do you experience that when you're, when, when you're in a mushroom trip and you kind of, is this like a closed eye vision, but you see yourself walking around? Like, cause I picture like yeah. a movie, like if I'm watching a movie, I kind of see you doing that in the movie. Is that what you're seeing? Sometimes um, in this specific experience, I was seeing it through my own eyes. Really? Like oh, I was like actually walking... there and wow. I couldn't see myself unless I looked down at my hands, but it was me walking through the halls. Some incredibly long fingers. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Canadian hands. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> wow. All right, let's go on to the next clip here. Th- this is this next one sounded a lot to me like a multi-level marketing pyramid scheme for source energy. So Oh my gosh. <laughs> if you think of source and then source branches off, the upper levels of source are where the oversoul resides. It's a higher version of yourself that that has uh, more beings if you will underneath it. All right, and each one of these fractures off again and then you've got your higher consciousness which is uh kind of the the mid-level that is overseeing uh all these incarnations and these physical aspects of yourself so it is possible that it's part of your oversoul but not part of your higher consciousness because they're different levels and different branches yeah and that and that was in response to the listener that asked the question about um the different souls that are inhabiting the different versions of the bodies and so she said it could be part of the same oversoul, but different things because they fracture out in kind of like a pyramid scheme, which I think, I, I think it kind of proves that Joseph Smith was getting his knowledge from the Pleiadians because of the way that multi-level marketing influenced the structure of the church <laughs> and all of these things. It just kind of like is evident. I mean, if chiasmus can be evidence, this yeah. can be. You tell three friends <laughs> and they talk to three friends and oversoul has this, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Thank you for laughing, Shalise. Sometimes I people don't understand funny. me when I'm deadpan sarcastic. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes people think I'm being serious. Oh, I thought it was great. Yeah. And any other comments on that clip with the well, source energy break? We kind of talked did about Did she talk about, did we know the different levels at all? I guess, did we talk about that last time? I think a little bit with like the oversoul is the next level down from like. Source. Yeah. So, so one of those monthly calls that she does, I I wrote a question in and they read it and she answered it. And I, right. I, I played that for you guys last time. I think That's that was right. included in there. And she, where she talked about source breaks into oversouls, oversouls break into soul groups, soul groups break into what we would consider higher I selves. Mm-hmm. And then the higher selves are doing all of the different incarnations. But in, in other things that I've listened to, like I mentioned, Seth speaks to you last time. Seth Speaks talks about how those the, like high, higher selves can like merge together and change and grow. And so it might be kind of more like that flame thing that you were talking about, Shalise, where the, the higher self changes and it's not exactly the same higher self that it was before. Right? Yeah, I don't, I don't know how any of that would work, especially since none of it is really separate. There's no, there's no really separate over souls from source there's no real separate soul groups from source there's no real separate higher selves from from source it's just the ways that they're perceiving what they are kind of the way if, if you think about us as we're all quantum energy but we're quantum some of us are quantum energy that are doing 
like carbon cells along with whatever, you know, like all these different molecules, it, it, it arranges itself in different things that then we have physical human bodies or we have animal bodies or we have trees or we have mushrooms or we have other things. It's all the same quantum energy that's doing it. It's just organized in different ways that feel, make it feel separate because we don't, we don't identify with everything that is source energy. We just identify with ourselves and we feel like we're alone and separate. And that's what I was going to actually say, going back to you being like, I don't know if I want to say that I was Joseph Smith, because that's also <laughs> coming <we> from <laughs> the perspective, yeah, of individuality. But is there any individuality? And it almost makes me wonder, okay, is she breaking this down or are the ninth dimensional Pleiadians breaking this down just so that we can have some sort of construct as humans to follow? Because I feel like there probably isn't even any of that stuff because it's it's too out there for us to understand. So she has to put labels on it for us to be like, oh, let me follow yeah. up the MLM. I get it. <laughs> you know right. what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Because there, because there's no way we could really understand what is outside of our ability to understand. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've, I've wondered sometimes when I've heard her talk about the different dimensions, and I didn't include this clip. I wish I would have now, um, where she kind of talks about um, one through 12 and then 13 is all of them together and 13 is source energy. And she says, but there's other traditions that break it down into like 144 and it's like octaves in a scale and things like that, she explains. But when I've heard her talking about that, I've just thought about my own biological body and my own makeup. And if I go down one level, I've got cells. If I go down another level, I've got molecules. If I go down another level, I've got atoms. If I go down another level, I've got this quantum energy of whatever that is. And if, if cells have some kind of conscious experience that is way foreign to us, but they're, we know they're alive. We know they're doing stuff. We know they're communicating with each other and they have you know, the characteristics of life. Do they have an awareness and some kind of experience that we wouldn't know? Do molecules have some kind of awareness and experience? Do atoms have some kind of awareness and experience? Is that kind of what she's talking about? That there's these different things and it's all a collective and it's all, it's not really separate. It's just, organized in different ways and i don't know i i love thinking about this kind of stuff I love too and it's reminding me of like a, a time when i took too many edibles uh mar <laughs> marijuana <laughs> and i was realizing yeah i could zoom in infinitely to any of my cells and it probably yeah. goes infinitely zoomed in yeah and then i could zoom out and then right. to where i'm that blip yeah for the planet yeah and yeah because we're all like basically cells of the planet or the, the, the things that cells do in our body that keep us alive, we're doing those things for the planet. And then does that go up to like solar system level? Cause she's talked before about how stars communicate with each other and there's like a hierarchy of stars and Why galaxies not? and universes and multiverses. And then there's this all, it's all. Yes. But even those things aren't really, um, what we see them as they're just what we see them as is they're filtered through our biologically evolved eyes mm -hmm. <laughs> you know like if we were looking at things through different eyes we'd see would see it as a very different thing well yeah just like how we talk about plant medicine and having uh experiencing the plant and experiencing the spirit of the plant and some people laugh at that and they're like spirits in plants that's crazy but when you're actually doing the plant medicine you get it. Like you mm. see the spirit and you interact with the spirit and you're like, oh, it's only because I had a limited perspective before, but now I understand. Yeah. Yeah. And you get that direct experience of like, what, what is this thing that I'm 
communicating with that's I'm getting intelligence and exchanging information with. Yeah. So, so, so when you look at that, you, you think that that's the, like the spirit of the plants? Yeah. Like mother ayahuasca or grandmother Um, ayahuasca, or when I do mushrooms, sometimes I'll interact with beings or have very distinct impressions that I'm talking to the mushroom itself. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I have experience with plants or like my last mushroom journey, I was in my house and I opened my eyes and my plants and the trees were literally talking to me. And I was like, Oh, Hey guys, what's up? <laughs> it was a <the> whole thing. <laughs> and lady weed has an, her own like spirit it can get kind of possessive. You have to watch out for her. Like, That's what I've heard. Yeah. Interesting. I haven't heard that before. I have heard that before that like marijuana is a jealous mistress mistress how funny yeah Yeah. i don't know i don't know i don't know (laughs) okay so uh this next clip she's going to talk a little bit more about earth as a grand experiment um in playing this game of integration so we talked about this a little bit but here we'll hear what she has to add to that this is the most challenging dimension to live in to experience because you and especially on this planet because this planet is unlike any other in your system all right, because Earth is a grand experiment and it has genetic material from thousands of worlds. So along with that, you've got all these records, you've got all of these experiences, all of these emotions. So you've got a wide range of emotion. And part of why it's a grand experiment is because you have these other planets and they don't have as much uh, range to them. They don't have the genetic material that you've got here. So their pool to pull from for experience and variation is smaller. So all these worlds sent representatives to Earth to try and play out these dramas in, on a, in a smaller pool, if you will, because they thought, well, maybe we can work it out. You can create the drama with your neighbor and see if you can, if you can you know, work that out as opposed to seeing your neighbor as you know, uh, your enemy who blew up your country. You've forgotten that that's the dynamic. So you try and play it out with your, you know, moving a fence back and forth with your neighbor where it's not as intense. All right. What do you think about that? I do want to add, since it's May the 4th and Star Wars Day. Yeah. Earth is a pretty diverse planet, right? I mean, you think of the planets in Star Wars and you either have like Tatooine, it's all desert or Hoth and it's all snow, (laughs) right? Right, We've got all of it here on Earth. Or Dagobah is just like one big swamp. Uh (laughs) But we get to experience it all, which is kind of rad. (laughs) I don't know. Part of me is like, yeah, there's a lot of diversity when you look at the animal kingdoms and such. But I kind of wish when she says things like full of DNA from other planets, I want to see some other type of humanoid or like reptilian or whatever it is, because we just have humans and it's very black and white either you're human or you're an animal of some sort Um, how how many of those Gaia episodes have you watched where Ruben Langdon is interviewing like he he interviewed Wendy that's where I was first introduced to her and then he interviewed somebody named Nora and then there there were several others and I remember last time you told me there was this guy that you really liked and I don't I don't remember who it was and I I went on and I started I found one of a guy and it got, it just got a little too weird. Uh, Cammy and I had to turn it off. <laughs> We're like, we, we like Wendy. We want to keep like Wendy, liking yeah. Wendy. We got to stop watching this guy because he talked about going up to a ship and meeting with the guy 
like wh whoever it was, it was a fifth dimensional lizard Pleiadian that um, he channels. And it was, so it was a, a lizard humanoid. So I guess all I'm trying to say, Shalice, is I think they're out there and all you really have to do is just want it bad enough. And maybe you yeah. can go up into the ship too. I mean, he, I he... definitely think they're out there. I just wish it was more <laughs> commonplace, like walking around with us. You know what I mean? You want to like yeah, go into a most sizely cantina and see all the yeah. different aliens in that, you know? Yeah. yeah. Like what's yeah. that movie? Like Bright with Will Smith. Is that what it's called? Where they're just like cantina. different species mm. living on the same planet. And I know there are there are speculations of different species living underground, like in Mount, mm. Mount Shasta mm. and all of that, which man i want to go see that but i guess this just me being selfish like i wish earth had more humanoids or more beings invisible plain day that we could interact with so seriously what what would you do i mean this is going to seem like a weird question Shalice. do you live alone yeah okay so you wake up in the middle of the night and there's a lizard dude standing <laughs> over you or a spider creature or a spider creature. I don't know. What we, let's not go with the spider creature. <laughs> I have seen, but this, I don't know if this counts, but, and I was doing mushrooms, but we did go to Joshua Tree to meet aliens per Bashar's instruction saying really? that they were going to hang out there at that specific time. And when I would close my eyes, I kept seeing this praying mantis woman. And I've heard of that as a species. The praying manti, I guess yeah. you would say. But but, but that was a closed eye vision while you were on mushrooms. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Did did um, have you guys seen the the fifth or close encounters of the fifth kind? Yeah. Uh huh. Because because that guy that made that thing, he takes people out yeah. to meet aliens and do that. That seemed like a big scam to me. See, actually, <laughs> I joined in on one of their um, live streams. Really? Cause it was during COVID and they were just live streaming it and it was yeah. so boring. I was like, I cannot do this, uh, but I do like their approach to it because you align your vibrational field with a, a meditation, a heart opening meditation. You guide them. I read the whole book on how to do it. It's like, oh, did you? Yeah, only like yeah. a page long of like the best practices to meet aliens. Yeah. And <laughs> you basically give them like a Google earth view of the sky and you zoom in to exactly where you are so they know how to actually find you and then that's when people have all these experiences and see lights and beings and whatever i haven't successfully done it yet but it's on my list of things to do well when it happens and you make contact will you let me know totally that because that was because i've thought about this you know like how would i respond if something like this actually happened but i used to think about that with angels too because because when i was a kid i'm like i want to see an angel I even made up a story that <laughs> I told all of my friends that oh my God. I, I did see an angel. Yeah, you were. And then it turned into a. So, yeah, of course you did. Devil. <laughs> <laughs> no, go ahead. And then I cast it out because I was listening to ACDC as I was falling asleep. And so, don't listen to ACDC. Your devils will come to you. Um, yeah, I did an episode well, about that. That's awesome. I mean, I've actually had experiences. Um, one experience where I thought it was an angel, another experience where pretty sure it was aliens and I confirmed it with my Akashic reader person and she told me this crazy thing and I thought it was way too crazy to believe until I watched some random thing and heard Bashar talk about it and like three wow. other people mentioning it and I was like oh maybe it's not that crazy so so you want me to send you the the, the Wendy recordings on the hybrid children project 
how did you know? Because <laughs> you just described it. How did you where know? these where these aliens will come and extract your DNA and maybe even sometimes some reproductive material and then you'll have children that live on other planets Glenn? like on Venus in different dimensions and you'll feel a connection you'll feel like I've got children somebody somewhere and I miss them but you don't know where they are because they're out there someplace the, the look on your face is kind of creeping me out right now Shalise what's going on in your now mind now I need to tell you the story all right yes. okay oh my god what's happening okay. <laughs> I've been holding on to this story for a while because I'm like people are gonna burn me at the stake for this no it's fine again so, <laughs> again so Not again it was right when I started opening up to all of this stuff. I had just gone to Peru. I started learning about walk-ins and blah, 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 everything we're talking yeah. about. And um, one night I'm going to sleep and I'm right at the state where I'm about to fall asleep, but I'm still pretty awake. My eyes are closed in my bedroom and I see this bright blue light. It's just piercing blue, but I kept my eyes closed because I didn't want it to go away if I opened them. <laughs> So I'm just letting it happen. I'm like, okay, guys, there's someone coming to say hi. What's going on? And then I get the impression that there are three beings around me. And I felt like they were Pleiadians. And I was like, okay, you guys have been showing up for me a lot. I'm not going to be scared because I know you mean well. And then they start talking about me as if I'm not there, as if I'm laying on some sort of like operation table or something, you know, when you're about to go into surgery and the doctors are talking about you and you're just like, yeah, I'm, I can hear you. That's kind of what it felt like. And they said, is she ready? And the other one goes, yeah, she's ready. And then I was like, ready for what? Ready for what? Like, I'm trying to talk back to them. They're like, I don't even exist at this point. They're just talking about me. And the other one said, yes, it's time. She's ready. And then all of a sudden I black out, like, I don't know what happens. And then I kind of wake up from like a weird dream and I, oh, yeah. Oh, weird. Is it still there? Yeah. Green just blacked out. Cause I'm getting a phone call. Oh, I thought you were acting out this scene. <laughs> no, sorry. Yeah. We can edit out that pause. Cause I thought the call ended. Right. Um, okay. So I wake up in this random dream state and I was like, that was kind of weird. So I go to my little class with this a woman who I talked about. It's like a share circle. And just randomly, I was like, Kimber, this thing happened. And I just, I don't know. I want to get your opinion on it. Um, I told her the story. And then she was like, huh, as you were talking, I kept getting drawn to like this part of your arm where you normally have IVs. And I kept feeling like there was an IV there or something. And then she goes off into this whole thing about like this new earth that is somewhere else it's like a, a copy of earth and um they are infertile there and they needed our eggs for this material to continue to procreate that's and kind that of the bashar the Bar bashar story right yeah yeah so and this is before i even knew who bashar was okay yeah the later when he started talking about it i was like what and yeah. she said they basically took your eggs for this reason, but don't worry, you agreed to it. It wasn't yeah. like a malicious thing. Right. And, and when she said that it blew my mind because I remembered the next morning I had cramps, like, like period cramps. And I wasn't ovulating and I wasn't on my period. I was like, why am I cramping so much? I know exactly how that feels. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. And I was when, when like, I go into the Akashic what? record and access my former lives yeah, as, right. as women. Yeah. 
and it, it blew my mind and later I asked her about it like a year later I was like tell me more about this whole hybrid children thing and she's like yeah, yeah. I'm feeling you have somewhere around like 23 kids on this other planet I'm like girl you this is wild. Wow. So that's why you were giving me that look when I was telling you. So I, I will, I'll send you the, I'll send you that file. You can listen to it. Yeah, this is yeah. all it's like mind. everything you just said, she mentions in there, like, especially the soul contract part, like you, you agree to it. Don't feel yeah. like this is something that this is, it's all in the spirit of integration in this game of dissension and ascension. And what's even crazier too, is I've actually been an egg donor before, like five mm. times I've done egg donations. And so it, it's not really weird that I would be donating my eggs to other people in mm. other planets. Cause why not? Yeah. Well, there's some good eggs. Shlise. <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> One of the things about all this, I mean, this is not to segue, but like, um, just about earth and how rad earth is. And I don't know if this is just, a something about growing older and appreciating things more or just the plant medicine and healing. But, you know, I joke about how in the last episode, how my mate and I joke about being Pleiadians. Right. Right. And yeah, but now it's like, well, we're walking around and we see a beautiful sunset here in LA and it's kind of purplish and you've got the palm trees and the sunset. Mm -hmm. And we're like, damn, earth is pretty fucking amazing. Or we're at the beach and just seeing that, I don't know, just appreciate all the diversity and beauty of earth is pretty rad, you know? So another, another way that, that these fictional stories function to give you more appreciation for the world that you're living in. Yeah. Right. And, and dropping your judgment of it and uh -huh. being grateful. Cause I never really appreciated earth much before. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's a lot to complain about. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I wanted to be on Alderaan, but then we know what happened to that. So. <laughs> well, you don't always want to be on Alderaan. You're right. <laughs> All right. You ready for the next clip? Yep. Yeah. We, we got two more. You've got this huge emotional range, which means you have extremely high highs. You've got variations of love, which really it's, it's very rare. All the different kinds of love that you have. Most other sectors of space experience unconditional love, and that's it. But you get variations, the love you have for a child, the love you have for a mate, the uh, love you have for a parent, the love you have for a best friend, an acquaintance, an enemy. Uh, how you can even have love for an enemy. There are all these variations and it makes it incredibly unique. And you all get very excited when you think about getting to go to Earth. It's the golden ticket. All right. It's the game that everybody in town wants to play. And if you think that there are, you know, six billion of you on the planet, there are five times that of beings who are just sitting and observing on a daily basis. So there are a lot of people who are watching because they want to know what's going on. Because as you are learning how to integrate, how you're learning how to deal with all these issues, these things that are really hard and challenging, you're sending that information off to another part of the library. And they can go and take that book off the shelf and read, all right, integration for abandonment. This is how it was done. This is how this person did it. All right, well, maybe I can try that and we'll see if now that person who blew up my country, I can work it out with. I can forgive him even though 10 million people died. All right, because you learned how to do it with your neighbor. And this is the holographic nature of the universe. And this is why what's happening on this planet is so important and why so many beings are watching because you are writing the records, putting it into the library that everybody else gets to access from.
Okay, I, I lied. There's actually more than two clips. I just stopped <laughs> writing them down. So I, had, I don't know what's coming after these next few, but I can see that my file still has several on there. Um, yeah, so what did, what did you think of that last one? What jumped out to you? The first thing that came to mind, it kind of struck me because it took me back to another mushroom ceremony <laughs> where I literally saw the aliens standing there and they're like, we just can't wait to see what you do. Yeah. And I was like, why are you watching me? <laughs> and, <laughs> and they were like sitting there like I was some sort of movie. And they're like, yeah, we're just excited to see what you do. And it's funny because, I mean, today they must have been overjoyed to watch me binge an entire season of a show on Netflix. Um, didn't do much today, but it definitely lights the fire and makes me want to actually do something more interesting or be more creative or live this life more to the fullest, I guess you could say. It sounds cheesy, but. Well, but that's you know funny that you, you would say that you're wasting your time by binging a show on Netflix, which I'm curious to know what it is, by the way. But, um, and then these aliens are, what are they doing? They're binge watching you. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. <laughs> Truman show here, Shalice show. The Shalice, the Shalice show. show. Yeah. I mean, that was yeah. interesting. I didn't think about you know, all these people wanting to incarnate here. Um, maybe this gets into a different one, but the whole, is this the one where we, she, she started out talking about the duality and how, but I feel like there's an, a later clip. Oh, it's maybe. the next one because yeah, a guy, a guy asked the question, why would higher beings want to experience suffering? Why, why would anybody want to experience that kind yeah. of suffering? Yeah, I love the answer that she gave to this one. Okay. You, you want to move on to the next one? Let's go on to the next one. Wait, right. wait, wait, wait. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Real wait. quick. Yeah. I, I found it really interesting about the love thing because yeah. it feels like all we're trying to do on this planet is people who are actively seeking enlightenment and spirituality is experience unconditional love. And what she's saying is the purpose of coming down here is to experience pretty much everything but that. Like, all the different yeah. types of love. And here we are just saying, I just want to experience unconditional love instead of embracing all of the different flavors that we have. Yeah. What did you think about what she said? Uh, love for an enemy. Yeah, that was interesting. I, I thought there for a second, like, do I love my enemies? Do I have any enemies? I don't know. Do you have people that just like annoy you so much that you just can't get enough of them? Like you just love to argue with them and you, you, you can't walk away. You can't just drop it. There's just, there's some kind of a, an addiction that this person just annoys you so much. And people are like, well, then just walk away, just leave. You're like, no, I got to get them. You know? oh. so there's like this connection. There's something that's connecting you together that you yeah, just, you maybe. love to fight with them. You love to argue with them. You love to annoy them. <laughs> it's just interesting it's to think about that but it's interesting to think about how much and this is something that's been coming up for me lately how many ex-mormons love the mormon church yeah, right <laughs> and how to keep like, obsessing and complaining about it how many podcast episodes have i made about it because anger is a fun feeling it's fun to feel angry it's fun to yeah. feel you get that payoff yeah yeah that we we our egos hate these lower vibrational frequencies or we like to pretend we do or like but sometimes they can be kind of fun, you know? Uh, yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. And then maybe once you recognize, oh, I actually do love doing this. That's why I can't quit you, baby. And then <laughs> that's another form of integration. 
I've had an awakening. I've realized I actually love doing what I'm doing. That's why I keep doing it. That's that existential kink work yeah. coming yeah. in. Huh. Yeah, cool. Well, I'm glad you brought that up, Shalise. Anything else before we move on to the next clip? Nope, I'm good. All right. Usually the lifetimes that are overlapping and you know, you've you played in, in this star system or that star system, it, you are, it can be in different dimensions. It doesn't have to be within the third dimension. You can have a six-dimensional lifetime and still have an issue of abandonment. All right, it's going to be slightly different. It's not going to be as dense. You still have duality. But as you go up in vibration, as you go up in dimensions, the extremes of duality are not as far apart. So here you've got black and white, which are miles apart, and everything in between. Where we're at, we've got, uh, you know, if you want to think about it, is gray and light gray. Those are our, our extremes. All right, so they're not as far apart. So we don't experience duality in the same way. There are other universes which have a completely different set of rules and regulations. In the multiverses, each one is slightly different, more games to be had. There's, you know, if you want to think of it, uh, to give you an example and way to think about it, what's a, what's a trinary system like? We've got three polarities. We've got three things that are pulling energies. You're so ingrained in duality that it's hard to even comprehend that. What, was that, what would that be like? But yes, um, there are still different experiences. Most of them aren't quite as violent as what you have on this planet. Uh, they're not quite as extreme. But yes, they still go on and things won't quite work through. Why is it that higher vibrational beings are interested in lower vibrational things like abandonment? Because it's a fascinating game. It is so unlike connection to source energy. It is so different and so unique than being connected. In all the other dimensions, you have a multidimensional perspective. You know that you are always connected to source. You know that you are a part of all things. So to have an experience that you think that you are an individual and you are completely separate, it is so unique and different from the norm that it's a fascinating experience to have. What in the world would a trinary system right. look like? Yeah, we should go there next, guys. Let's try it out. <laughs> yeah. Come on, soul like, fam. There, there's, it. <laughs> like there's men and then there's women and then there's something else that's like an opposite in a way. Neither like men, a, neither man nor woman, but both. And yeah. Yeah. Well, I was thinking more on the scale of emotions. Like if you have love hate what's opposite of love and hate mm. that isn't love or hate yeah <laughs> yeah well it's funny with this one so i actually had an experience with this like a, a week ago so i did mdma assisted therapy uh almost two weeks ago maybe a week and a half mm. ago it was really good i really highly recommend it but like legally no, it's not legal. So maybe I okay. shouldn't talk about it. But like, I'm not telling you where and who or what. Well, no, I was just, I was just wondering, like, just say, yeah, it's part of a clinical trial. It's part of, yes, exactly. Yes. It's part, <laughs> part of a clinical part, part trial. Of and, yeah, yeah. and really, That's I didn't it. really do it. I'm just saying as if I did in hypothetical yeah. terms. <laughs> but, you know, I was asking the facilitator later, because usually when I've done MDMA, hypothetically, I, I <laughs> take some substances after, you know, 5-HTP, some stuff to kind of get my serotonin yeah, back, yeah. right? Right. And so I asked him for a regimen and he's like, I can give you one, but I feel like that's also part of the integration, just the lows afterwards. Mm. So I was working through a lot on during that session. A lot of it was feeling the dualities, like 
fear and excitement and yeah. the different parts of me that want to experience both. And it felt so good when my serotonin was there and it's all in my system. A day later, I was just here in my house and I was having trouble sleeping and went and sat and all of a sudden just started sobbing, you know, I was yeah. out of serotonin and I cry a lot anyway, but, um, and then I started laughing and I'm like, is this all this game is like to feel sad so we can feel happy to feel fear so we can feel excitement. Like what yeah, a dumb... that range of extreme emotions. Yeah. I'm like, what a dumb yeah. game. And maybe that's when I checked out <laughs> and a new soul came in. Right. And I got to walk right into then. that moment. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And now you don't like the taste of vanilla ice cream anymore. Sure. <laughs> you don't know what happened. And you guys don't even recognize me anymore, right? Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, that's my story with that. Cool. But duality. Duality is a weird thing, but it's kind of a cool thing, you know? And I, I just listened to uh, a little blurb from Joe Rogan with uh, Lawrence Krauss. And Lawrence Krauss, he's, he's a theoretical physicist, right? I, uh, people have told me before I need to check out Lawrence Krauss. I never have. And this was the first time I ever did. And he was talking about universes and multiverses and what actually is probable. That it's, it's more probable that there are multiverses than that there's just this one universe. And he talked a little bit about how they come into being and that the number of uh, matter versus antimatter can totally change the whole fundamental makeup of what that universe is like. So for, for Wendy to be talking about universes where there could be a trinary system instead of a binary system. And, she, and there's been other ones I've heard where she said, there's actually an infinite number of ways that these could be arranged. Mm. So you could have four, four opposition, you got five opposite, you have six, you know, like, and she's like, but, but it wouldn't, it would have to be in a different universe than this one because the rules aren't the same here. It wouldn't be able to support something like that. But, but just the way that she, she forces me to expand my mind to go, okay, so there could be experiences of life that aren't even in this third dimensional experience, but could be, you know, like my oversoul or my higher self or whatever is, um, experiencing life in different dimensions right now too it's not just in this dimension on other planets all throughout the galaxy but it's other places too <laughs> yeah <Jeez. laughs> yeah it's cool to think about so cool i think that's why it's so easy to access different parts of ourselves through meditation because it's all happening simultaneously mm. so i've seen myself as the pleiadian queen dripping in jewels and like super awesome mm -hmm. and i think it's easy to kind of get there because you are there already in a way love that and in an infinite universe anything you can imagine could be possible yeah so even if people are saying oh you're just imagining that I'm like yeah but <laughs> what happened when I imagined it? I created a picture of it in my mind. So it at least ex exists there in the form of neurons yeah. <laughs> or whatever that is that we're doing in our minds. It exists. There. What's that dimension like of existing? Uh, Cause I've heard people talk about existing on an astral plane. This is just the form of thoughts, thought form existence. All right. All right. 
I don't know how many more clips we have because we're, we're, we're flying blind now, but I know that there's five minutes worth of clips left and we've gone through almost 10. So Is, is that a satisfying answer to you guys as to why, why they're suffering? Like why, why God would allow suffering? Like why is, why is there the problem of evil? Oh, when you put it that way. <laughs> it makes it hard, right? Like my ego doesn't like that. You know, I don't know. There's a sense of, but it really hurts the lower vibe. It really hurts. Um, heartache hurts death hurts i mean to think of like war and famine and the holocaust i mean it all feels so real <laughs> yeah and so something like this would feel really like belittling and demeaning insulting right. but we love holocaust movies you know <laughs> right i mean sometimes yeah <laughs> we can we continue to make movies where there's this kind of suffering in it because yeah. we yeah. love it like we love our enemies. And so if we had the ability to experience that, like, oh, let's go inside the movie and experience what it's like to be a German soldier and what it's like to be a Holocaust victim and what, you know, like, <laughs> ah, it's fascinating, right? Yeah. Well, I think it just goes back to her previous clip saying that in other dimensions, they don't have black and white. They just have 50 shades of gray, if you will. Mm, love it. <laughs> so the deep pain that we feel here, we can't feel anywhere else. So we would want to experience the deep pain, even though consciously we're saying, no, I don't want that pain. Yeah. And it's the golden ticket. It's where, it's where people like souls want to come and experience the game on earth because it's unlike any other game, any, so people are lining up, taking tickets and ready to be walk-ins if somebody walks out. Like, to I'll be walking on, on um, the planet Earth Game of Thrones, is right? what I would call yeah. it. I mean, it's one of the top, what is it, top one or top two shows ranking of all time, yeah. <laughs> Game of Thrones. We love it. Yeah. It's crazy. All right, next clip. Yeah, it. yeah. I'm concerned about the versions of me that um, aren't succeeded, that are you know, in other realities. Is there a way that we can gather them so that they all are with us and integrated and succeed? All of your power exists in the now, in this version of you that is on this timeline. And this is the most important one for you to play with, to experience and to um, align with. And that is you, this version of you that's here having this discussion with us. It doesn't really matter what's going on in past lives. If you have something you want to integrate, you're going to create it in the now. It's as simple as that. And that's why we tell you, you don't really have to know all the ins and outs of these past lives. Just deal with your own life. I thought that was an important thing for her to say. Yeah. 
because with all of the fun of speculating about like, oh, what, what other lives do I live where I lived as other people? Or maybe even what other lives is, is, am I living right now in multiple versions of this reality kind of thing, you know, where this, this woman is saying, I'm concerned about these other versions of myself um, is, that, that might be suffering. Is there a way that I can send any energy to that other version of me so that they don't suffer as much and wherever they are? And to go, well, look, they're taking care of them. You take care of you. <laughs> that kind of this functional approach to this story. What is it that this is really all about? This is really all about creating more sense of peace in your own life by dropping judgment. We're calling it integration. And we've got this really fun, fanciful story that Wendy's doing this. Well, what, I mean, I think it's, it's probable that it's a performance. That she, I mean, she's doing a performance. And whether this information is really coming through from Pleiadians or it's just this, hey, in an infinite universe, anything you make up could be real. Expand your mind. Think about, think about things from another perspective. Like that's hugely valuable to me. And I, and I really appreciate that she takes this move of saying, look, let's just bring it back to what can you control? What can you control right here and now? And focus on integrating the things in your life now and just, just, have have the peace that whatever you do is going to be sent to everybody else and we're all sharing we're all learning from it but focus on you i like that and you came here to experience you i mean that's why I, you wouldn't have chosen this yeah. one unless you wanted to experience that so you know back to being present and be here now and also i love how you said that in the way of like this is all so fun so fun to speculate so fun to talk about yeah. But like if you're getting caught up in it to the point where it's taking away from how you're enjoying this life, then you're probably caught in, up in it a little too much, Yeah, you know? Yeah. Or if I start feeling like my own personal identity is being threatened because people are challenging the story that I like, mm -hmm. that reminds me of when I was a Mormon. Yes. There's a thing about, you know, like... And what I've loved about exploring post-Mormonism is you can be passionate about something, but always hold open the possibility that you could be absolutely wrong. Just like I was passionate yeah. about Mormonism and, you know, I can get passionate about po uh, politics as well, but sure. I think there's an element to, and passionate about this, right? but like open the door that like, it could be wrong. And then you don't get caught up. You're, you don't get attached to it so much. You don't get so defensive about it and lose sight of, I don't know, just having a good life, you know, or enjoying the time here, I guess. And, and that's another part of the Ascension challenge to me. Like, how can I think that something might not be true without thinking that it's bullshit mm -hmm. and judging it yes. <laughs> and or judging the people who, like that and think that it's real as being stupid idiots you know that that's on me in the way that i'm reacting C can i accept because for for me it all starts with i because of my experience with my my mormon exit um i i i just i'm never going to believe in any story with 100 percent certainty ever ever again but i don't want to fall into that trap of judging yeah. <laughs> because I don't think that I, I don't think there's any way for me to know the truth, no matter how well read and whatever most updated scientific 
theories there are. It's always being updated by whatever new discoveries are coming along and going, okay, now, now we know this more. So uh, pe people believing what they believe, whether it's true or not in objective reality, this is a, this is a very real filter that's if I'm, if I'm curious as to who they are and what they're experiencing in their life and I want to care about them, I need to accept. Mm. I need to accept. I need to listen to it and really accept that th this is something of this person that they're sharing with me. And I don't have to, I, I don't have to base my, uh, my compassion on whether a story is true or not. Because none of them are. Yeah. 100%. None of them, none of them are 100% true. They couldn't possibly be true. <laughs> That's my position. One of the things I, I love certain of it. And we had this, we, uh, in our episode where we interviewed uh, East Forest, who's a, like a psychedelic music. Oh, you did? Yes. Mm -hmm. You interviewed that guy? That's so cool. Oh, freak. <sighs> yeah. I don't know how we did it, but we got it. it I'm going to have to go listen to that Yeah, listen one. to that one. But he said something really cool. He talked about walking each other home. Yeah. But he mentioned that like, it's probably just someone on a different timeline than you. If, if you're thinking about someone who's like, you want to judge or is on a lower vibration it could be maybe even you have the same oversoul but that was you on a different timeline you know or mm -hmm. an early like or just someone who yeah it's just a, a, if if this is all happening simultaneously we have versions of ourselves that are on higher frequencies lower frequencies and so yeah. kind of like oh this person's just on a, a different timeline than me and yeah that helps, that and, helps. Yeah. and and some souls that want to wake up and some that don't mm -hmm. and I, I this is something that wendy says that i love she's like it's all a vibrational experience and it's all valid so don't judge any of it because mm -hmm. that's the game don't judge drop judgment so if you're yeah. seeing that you're judging something congratulations you found an area where you can grow uh -huh. <laughs> work on integrating that look look within that then you know yeah yeah is there something that higher vibrational humans can do to say encourage those who are still living in lower vibrational fearful lives? There are several things. One is to know that if that is what they're choosing that that is an appropriate choice. There's nothing wrong with that choice. It's a vibrational selection. All right? It doesn't mean it's wrong. It doesn't mean that they are copping out. It doesn't mean that they are not part of source energy. They are also source energy but they're choosing density. They're choosing not to go through the um, the integrative process, and that is a valid choice. Hold no judgment there. But having said that, you can hold a vision for them. What you do is you're pulsing out a vibration, and it makes it easier for them to tap into that vibration if they want, especially if they're coming from a place of density. The greatest thing that you can do for the planet is to work on yourself because you're holographic in nature. Remember, all your true power lies here. It's not outside yourself. So work on you. The more you connect with yourself, the more you connect with source energy, the more you connect with everyone and everything. One of the illusions that you all hold is that if uh, there's a huge fear here, the more I connect with myself and with source, I'm going to leave everybody else behind. All right, I'm going to leave everyone and everything that I know behind and I'm going to be alone. No. The more you connect with yourself, the more you connect with everyone else you see the people who are vibrating at a lower rate you accept them for who they are it doesn't mean that you spend every moment with them that you share a complete and whole perspective of reality with them 
but you see them as a soul making a valid choice and you are very connected. You can feel everything that they're feeling if you so choose. You are more connected the higher you go in frequency. But there is a fear that somehow you're going to leave your family and your friends behind and you connect more with them. That is the reality. What do you think she's talking about there when she's saying like raise your vibration and you know like focus on yourself don't worry about other people just raise your vibration and that's a way that you could help were you able to hear the question that the woman asked at the beginning it's a little soft it was a little soft but she's like was it how can we help the people from the lower vibration yeah how, how can we help people that don't see things the way that we do you know how, how can how can we help people that don't that, that aren't trying to be loving yeah. One, and then of, one of the things I love about that is we can get so caught up in the worry about other people, you know, mm-hmm. about uh, like, how's this gonna, person going to react to this? Or I want this person to do this, or I want a new job, or I want, you know, external circumstances. And I think there is something too, and I feel like I've experienced lately is just work on go inwards. What, what uh, vibration are you putting out right now? Is it one of fear? Is it one of jealousy? Look within and, and release some of that wounding or stuff that's keeping you there. If if you really do want to raise your vibration, which I feel like I'm, I'm on a path where I'm wanting to integrate. I'm not on one where I'm trying to go lower experience. You know, I've I've experienced lower frequencies and now I want to integrate and And when you start emitting that frequency, you see it just attract more connection and more, more of that. Um, yeah, I guess that's what I had to say about it. I love that. It's awesome. And then you don't have to worry about it. So if that person, it's not about trying to change someone else or, you know, work to get a better job or like if my boss just understood, just like work on yourself. And either you're going to vibrate to a point where it's like, okay, I'll just get a new job or maybe something lands in your feet or I don't know, just. Yeah. And it's like, if, if I, if I, I think that a lot of times, uh, you know, I, I've, I've talked a lot about anger on infants on thrones and I, I, I did a couple episodes on anger recently too. Um, And I think a common response is when I, when I, talk about dropping anger is people think, but then, then if you, if you're not angry, then people that are doing bad things are going to get away with doing bad things. Like, why, <laughs> why can't you lovingly intercede? Why do you have to, why do you have to be angry and intercede? Why can't you be compassionate and understanding, but still help? Um, you know, if somebody's sick, you're taking care of them out of love and compassion. Um, you don't have, so, so like what you were saying, Mike, what, what, what vibrational frequency are you putting out? Is it jealousy or whatever it is? You know, like, um, I don't, I don't think that you have to be constantly angry and outraged at the wrongs in society in order to acknowledge them and work to right them. Well, look at it in the terms of even guilt and shame what the church did. Yeah. You know, the church is like, Oh wait, if we don't guilt or shame for sexuality, the kids are just going to go out and have sex and all these STDs and pregnancies, but we learn that the opposite's actually true. Like when you actually just teach and inform and don't teach out of shame, that 
less of that stuff happens. We have fewer teen pregnancies and fewer STDs. Yeah. And so I feel like it's similar, you know, so I think there's that fear that, yeah, if we, if we're not, we're holding on to this anger or the shame or this, because if we let it go, something bad's going to happen. But what if the opposite's actually true? Yeah. yeah. Well, one thing that I liked, because even that perspective is, and I agree with that perspective, but even that is coming at a place of judgment. We're judging the church for the way that they're teaching sex yeah. Yeah. or whatever it might be. And she said right at the beginning of this clip, when the question was, how do I help someone who is at a lower vibrational frequency? She said, well, they chose, they're choosing that frequency. They're, they're making that decision because they want to experience that density and that frequency. So you just need to let them do it because that's what they're choosing to experience. Yeah. Which is a totally different point of view than what I would think of normally in life. Like, no, you can't choose the shame frequency it's bad <laughs> don't choose that but maybe that's part of their experience yeah and and i i think that's even like a tricky one to nuance as well because i think that mm-hmm. you can make distinctions between this thing and that thing or or you can see the cause and effect relationship between the the church having certain policies that then result in people not feeling worthy about themselves but then not hold this emotional charge of judgment Mm. about what they're doing you just like recognize acknowledge that yeah that's what's going on that's happening and there's people that are still in it and there's people that have walked away from it and Um, acknowledging that the people who are still instituting because if you look at like the quorum of the 12 still instituting the shame policies yeah right why they're doing it they're doing it because they you know it's not like they want to hurt people maybe they just want they're fearful that if yeah. They don't do that shame, then <laughs> they haven't integrated their fears. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> but I did love the clip at the end where, because I have this fear, you know, I'm going on this hippie journey of like, yeah. that I'm going to end up losing my family and my kids and just end up as a hippie in Northern California. And, um, but I don't want that. And, oh. and it's an interesting that I, as I've gone on it, like a healing journey, I've just attracted more connection. So why would, why would I go to this place where I'm actually losing connection? And I love that at the end that really helped. Plus you're, you're on the journey with your wife, right? Yeah. She's with me. Uh-huh. Looking at the sunsets and loving living here. And yeah, we're doing all the little tarot cards and dream analysis and <laughs> whatnot. Oracle cards. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's also something to be said about when you're changing your frequency and you become someone different, the people who don't resonate with that frequency will naturally drop away. And that's okay because that's not part of your frequency anymore. That's not part of your journey, your experience, your game. And so I think sometimes we like to hold on to things so tightly just because we're afraid of failing or being seen as a failure or whatever it may be. But if it doesn't resonate, let it go. And the people, like you said, Mike, when you tune into something, those people will come to you naturally as well. Yeah. And, and and the, the thought that they fall away or that there's any kind of isolation or separation is kind of an illusion as well, because it It is is. all (laughs) source energy doing different things. And we're really walking away from different parts of ourselves, which the, what was the name of that artist that you interviewed? East? East Forest. East Forest. East Forest. Uh, that 
that album that he has with like Ram Dass. Yeah. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. The, the Dark Thought, Love Your Dark mm-hmm. Thoughts yeah. one. We were talking that's about that. been a That's been a huge one for me recently. And it fits into this integration thing of like, when you when you recognize that there's guilt or shame or stuff like that, instead of thinking, oh, this is something bad that I did, I've got to get rid of this. I have, you know, it's more like what your experience was, Mike, after the the thing that you didn't do um, with the serotonin yeah, <laughs> depletion, <yeah. laughs> that you just felt all of those things. And you didn't, it, from what it sounded to me, you didn't judge it, yeah. you felt it. And you kind of accepted it and you laughed at it. Well, I felt it, it for a while, like were, felt it really yeah. hard for a while. And then like, then came up out of it, you know, where it's yeah. like, oh my gosh, what's going on here? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So learning to love your dark thoughts. Yeah. That, that's a challenge. That's a hard one. Hard, right? and, yeah. yeah. Hmm. All right. I think this is the last clip. There is a belief on this planet that you've got to do ritual in order to raise your vibration. And that's not it. Ritual was originally established at a time when the vibration of the planet was much lower, when you were not moving through this band of this sector of space that is rich with high vibrational energy that was loving and supporting you. And so ritual was created in order to give people a pathway. You can think of it as climbing scaffolding. And at some point, if you want to get higher, you're going to have to leap off and fly. The ritual was there to create the structure to get you to a certain point. Most of you are already starting to where the top of the scaffolding goes. You have lifetimes of information about how to climb the scaffold. You don't have to start at the beginning and go through all the ritual. You just have to tap into the vibration and the frequency. And if you are tapping into your heart center, you're tapping into unconditional love, you are bypassing any of that ritual or that scaffolding. That is what all of that ritual was designed to do to get you connected to your heart center. It does not take you long to get there. All right, so we want to make sure this is put out there. We're going to upset a lot of people when they hear that you don't have to do ritual to get there. So okay. I guess it doesn't matter if there's hairs that float up when you're being baptized by immersion <laughs> or if the little white eyelet lace is covering the bread when it's the water's turn. Oh my you know? gosh. <laughs> I wish she was more specific though, because she said, you don't need ritual, but all you have to do is tap in. Well, tapping in sounds like a ritual to me. So, like, oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, okay, so how do we tap in then if it's not done through some sort of ritual like meditation? Yeah. So, so in other places, she talks about that. And one of her suggestions is just think of something that makes you feel happy, like right now. Okay. And, and she's like, maybe an animal. Like I did an, think, of an animal. Yeah, like th- think thinking of an animal is easier to make you feel happy and raise your vibration than thinking of people because there's so much baggage around people. But you know that's why these videos of cats on YouTube are so popular and you know th- <laughs> things like that. So that's what she's talking about when she says tap in. She's b- because remember this one's coming from um, a lecture that she gave on tapping into the Akashic records. So she's basically saying, you know, use the power of your mind, use your imagination to open up your heart and, and be heart centered and feel love and feel happy so that you don't have any kind of judgment that's clouding or blocking that feeling of happiness and joy and love that you always have access to, except when we're thinking thoughts and judging and this and that, and this is bad and this is wrong. And we're getting in our own way for feeling that sense of, of love play the integration game. <laughs> so, say these things. This one, of- this one I struggled with a little bit just because I love 
and maybe I wouldn't have a year ago, but this last year I've come to really love ritual. Yeah. Right? Even if it's just like a morning coffee with my mate, yeah. you know, but even I just actually did a ritual design program lately where I've designed this ritual where I get up at five 30, light a couple candles, listen to a certain mantra and do some Kundalini yoga. And then followed by either guitar or some like free writing or something. And I love waking up and, and it's like, I feel like it's speaking to my subconscious to like, you know, the same, I'll light some Palo Santo, the same smell, the same candles, the same thing. But I kind of get what she's saying too, in the sense that, and not that I need to abandon those rituals. I mean, they help me right. get to, yeah. but like, she was just saying that you don't need them. You don't need them. She yeah. wasn't saying you, you can't play with them if yeah. you want to play with them. But, and, but the, I think the danger of rituals is getting attached to them mm -hmm. where then you're like, okay, you lit the candle the wrong way or no, this isn't the right candle. It, you just ruined everything, Mike. You, you, you played the guitar before we did this and it's supposed to go in that order. You know, like th those, those are the times that ritual kind of trips you up. Like you were just talking about with baptism, like if a hair comes up, yeah, or like your, toe, your hair floated up. It didn't count up now. Or if you miss Sorry. a word in the sacrament prayer, or God's all powerful and everything, yeah. but He's not gonna forgive a hair floating up. Where it you becomes know? almost <laughs> OC. He really wants you to be sinless, and he He's got the power to make it that way. But you got to keep all your hair under the water, <laughs> man. Come on. Yeah. I almost wish she would have replaced the word ritual with religion, yeah, and then tapping in with mindfulness. Mm that resonates more with me. Like the yeah. rituals that man say you have to do this or you're not getting into heaven. Um, yeah. The things that you feel fear and guilt and shame around, like you have to do something versus just mindfulness being present, like meditation, even playing music is mindful meditation. Yeah. I like that. And I, I almost wonder if it's a little bit of semantics and what she means by ritual a little bit, just because a ritual it doesn't even have to be something you do every day, but it could just be something that like, for example, in dream analysis, one of the cool things to do if you have a meaningful dream and you've kind of sat with it is to do something to ritualize it, to tell your subconscious, yeah. okay, I've seen the dream. I've heard it. I'm going to plant it back into the subconscious with a ritual. And it could be something like, you know, writing a song about or painting a picture of it, or even just like, if you saw, if you ate a Twinkie in your, in your dream, go and eat a Twinkie. I don't know. Just kind of like <laughs> tell your subconscious, I'm, you know, do a little ritual around it. Um, but that's different. That's not like something. And I think that's a good distinction, Glenn, like something you need. It's not something yeah. I need, but like, oh, but I think the subconscious, you know, is very primal and very, it, it's, it responds really well to ritual. And so to use it as a tool, um, and to personalize it to yourself. I think there's some beauty in that. Yeah. I, I, I appreciate her message because it's very liberating. It's very freeing yeah. saying in order to play this game of integration and feel love and forgiveness or drop judgment or whatever, you don't need an outside ritual to do mm -hmm. any of that stuff. And it, it so when, when some people have this one ritual and they go, this is the way to do it and go, well, no, this is, a, this is the way to do it. You sprinkle on the head. No, you do it by immersion. And then you get into all these arguments, but well, guess what? You don't need either one of them actually Yeah. to, to, to love each other, to, to, to drop judgment. You don't need either one of them to drop judgment. In fact, having them might enhance the possibility of judgment. <laughs> <laughs>
That actually reminds me of a friend who does house clearings, like celeb house clearings and stuff. And mm. she takes all these things and she was telling us what she does. And she's like, well, I place these crystals here and then I bang my drum and then I do this and I do that. And then she was like, but honestly, guys, at the end of the day, you don't need to do any of that stuff. It's almost just so that the person who lets me into the house knows that I'm actually doing something instead of just sitting in the room, yeah. like doing it with my intention. She's like, I just need to make it look like I'm actually doing something. You don't even really need the drum or the crystals or any of that. Yeah. Yeah. And, and one of the things that I love at, at the end of all of these Wendy recordings that I have now, she says, and you know, anytime you want to connect with the Pleiadians, just do it. You don't need Wendy. You can connect directly. <laughs> you don't need her through. And there was one where she was talking about, you know, people, they'll go and they'll pay somebody to do like an Akashic record reading or a psychic reading. And it says that what you're really doing is paying for them to do like an inner exploration of themselves. And so what they're giving you, there might be some connections that you connect with, but they're really exploring themselves. You can go inside and get the answers for yourself. You don't, you don't need anybody else to do that for you. You've got that you've got everything that you need inside and you just need to learn how to trust that and not be so fearful and not be in judgment of, you know, all that stuff. So I, I appreciate those messages. I feel like they're very empowering and liberating. And, and especially because some of the biggest complaints that I had as I was coming out of the Mormon church were around these things, you know, that people get so caught up into the symbols that we're using and, this, this idea that I, I, I like the early Mormon Joseph Smith message of everybody being able to connect to the divine and get their own inspiration and revelation, personal revelation. I don't like where, oh no, but it has to match up exactly with this or it doesn't count and it's not right. You know? So I, I, I don't know, I, it's, it's my favorite fiction right now, this thing. I just love it. I Have love you guys diving into jumped it into you. your stuff. Yeah. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Go ahead. Oh, I just I love diving into it with you too. This is so yeah, fun. Uh, for me. yeah. I, I enjoy I, I enjoy talking it over and diving in with you guys too because there's not many people that I can do this with <laughs> that that I know of. I don't know. Maybe there's a lot out there that I just haven't found. But you know. Well, I was going to ask if you guys have tried tapping into your own akashic yet. No, have you? I have. Did you do it? Yeah. What was that experience like? No, no, I don't really know. I, I, I kind of feel like I'm all already always connected to it anyway. And so anything that I do is just like I'm my own imagination on stuff. I mean, that's kind of what I did with bathing with God a little bit, but um, no, I, but I'm curious to hear what, what did you do? What was it, the experience like? Yeah, I've done it a couple times and I've always had a pretty pretty vivid experience like I can still picture it in my mind and that was like even a year and a half maybe two years ago um one of the times it was super cool I saw this grand hall almost like Greek um were they like the temples with the big pillars and stuff yeah. it was like a hall that was endless and I started walking through it and saw these projections of past lives like on the walls and then all of a sudden I started going really fast and all of these past lives came at me like holographs. And it was like back, there was like a horse and a chariot. And then I was like into a future life with all this crazy technology and it was just flashing before me. <laughs> that was really cool. And at one point before I went up into the Akashic, we did a meditation 
where we clear ourselves of anything that we don't really need anymore energy. And I felt like this big heart wall and I was like chipping away at it. And then when I got up into the Akashic, I saw myself sitting on a glass floor and there were all these galaxies and planets below me. I'm always in space guys, always. Uh, (laughs) That's awesome. And, um, I saw myself, I started like spinning with my hand and then I started spinning above my head and I saw the galaxies like Milky Ways starting to twirl as I was doing that. And then I picked a star from the sky and put it in that empty space where I had just pushed that heart well away. It's like filling that hole with a star. And it was so cool. We have tons of experiences in the Akashic, but the thing is when I'm in there, I think sometimes I have a hard time letting go of my ego and then I want to try and change the results. Like if I'm asking a question, it's hard to be unbiased to get the answer. So that's when I'll go to people like I was talking about and be like, hey, can you help me with this real quick? Because they don't really have any attachment to the question like I do. That was cool. So you did that with a group? Uh, Yeah, it was in that group that I had mentioned earlier, we would meet every Sunday for like 12 weeks. And then there would be kind of like a lesson plan, I guess you could say, and we would learn about all these different things, ascended masters and chakras. And, Mm. and then we would always do a meditation. And that was the week where we were going up into the Akashic ourselves. It was pretty cool. Nice. You got some gifts, Shalise. I love hearing about your (laughs) stories and your trips. And yeah. Oh, thanks. I'm, I'm very visual. So I, I always see, have wild visions. I can see me coming to you in a few years and just being like, Hey, read my Akashic. <laughs> yeah. Maybe. Right on. Well, thank you guys for thank jumping you. on and doing this. And uh, yeah, if you want to try it again sometime if we haven't like, beat the dead horse. No. To death. Hey, there, there's so much that she talks about. So there's much so we much can much. die more. We're just dipping our toes in, I think, here. Yeah. <laughs> Cool. Right on. All right. All right. Well, I will. Uh, th- thanks for joining. Uh, I'll talk to you guys later. Yeah. Thank you. Have a good Check night. Put down the weapons that you use against yourself. You don't need them anymore. Hey there. Thanks for listening all the way to the end. Now, I really hope that you enjoyed today's episode. I have more to say about this topic, and I'm going to do that with a follow-up behind-the-scenes sharing time episode on Patreon. So. If you're in a position where you can throw me a few dollars each month to support the work that I put into creating this podcast, please come and support me on Patreon, where you'll also get access to additional content. Did you know that I also create sharing time episodes that are available only to Patreon subscribers? I've been doing that for a few years, so there's a lot of content there that you can have access to. So please come and support this podcast if you can. I greatly appreciate it. Hi, this is Hillary, Matthew, Ryan, Carol, Keith, Ashley, and I like to play bingo online while listening to Infants on Thrones. You can comment on this episode on the website, infantsonthrones.com. And if you really like what you hear, give the quorum a five-star rating and write a short review on iTunes. I did. I did. I did. Anyone for the closing prayer? My worst crime is an inside job. Dark thoughts taking over like an inside mob. I tune in to the scene between the eyes. And take a breath. Thank you for listening to Infants on Front. I sit still and watch the thoughts float past me. Never mind the future, never mind what the past be. I like to jump and let the universe catch me. Three, four, watch the beauty blow past me. 
I keep my pockets light, destination in sight. Keep my actions elevated to compassionate heights. I'm walking past the fight, laying down on such a night. Choosing love when I pick up this mic. So we 